Yes, it is. As we head into hour two this Wednesday, March 30th, we do so as we do every Wednesday with our congressman representing Arizona's 6th Congressional District, David Schweikert. David, welcome back. How are you, sir? Oh, it's happy to be here. Another week, another person comes up to me and says they ran into you and gave you heck about your music or mine. I couldn't quite tell. But uh, I think it involved <laughs> Trump at this time. So, either, oh, yeah. you know, we we actually sort of refer to those as like the Costco town halls. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, be, before this silliness of getting elected, um, you know, you run in and out of Costco. You're in and out in a half an hour. Yeah. Now it takes an hour and a half because you're going to. But that's actually a great sample. Yeah. To have conversations with folks. Yeah, and you're supposed to take the feedback seriously. So when they tell you Leibson's music wins and yours doesn't, David, you know, yeah, you should... that is not the way I remember. Uh... <laughs> it was more they're interested in you playing the trumpet. But outside that, <laughs> that's I think it had some. David, God made you for this moment. Um, we're talking about a lot of things, obviously, but I'm talking about Joe Biden's budget. And um, I was I was reading uh, something interesting. I thought Larry Kudlow, something Larry Kudlow wrote that I thought was interesting. He was going through previous presidents budgets and how sometimes they were off a little bit here. The priorities may have been, you know, misdirected, but they all embraced growth. That's a word that you 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 represent. Mm -hmm. People think David Schweikert. They think growth. I do. And that's not here. There's a lot that is, but not that. And one of Cudlow's folks in our office have been going back and forth because we also can't make a bunch of the math add up. Ah, surprise. Um, You know, it's making actually Barack Obama's budgets look honest. Yeah, that was kind of Um, Cudlow's point, too. Yeah. 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 Look, um, I have like one slide in front of me because we're working on getting ready for our floor speech tomorrow. And think of this. In nine years, even if the interest rates stay nominal as the Congressional Budget Office, which completely is already a half point behind in where interest rates are today, in nine years, just the interest on the federal debt will be $1 trillion plus a year. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So so we don't, you know... We're, so the entire budget under George Bush or Bill Clinton is now going to be our interest payment? Yeah, basically, okay. yes. Okay. And, and, try, and, and that's without... This year calculated in of what happens if you have another year, you know, with, remember, the Phoenix area, the area you live in, had 10.9% inflation. We were number one. Yeah, yeah. We We had the highest inflation in the entire nation. Yeah. You had another year like that, it's just you you start to, people don't, I think, truly appreciate how far they're falling behind, but also what that's going to mean in future out years of just interest. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people are going to keep loaning money to the government and getting a bond where every day the bond is truly worth less? Right. Because the interest on the bond doesn't keep up with inflation. So that's right. there's some pretty scary stuff in the math right now. And we're not, I mean, you and I, I think you, you always know you can correct me on this stuff if I ever misspeak for you, David. But you and I have always thought that one of the ways we were going to get out of our debt was to grow our way out of it. And that, well, that's just not here, right? Yeah, and I am going to correct you. Yeah, please. Um, You've got to be honest about the math. Yeah. It was growth was the key principle in stabilizing the debt. Okay. Okay. Um, if you have a politician stand in front of you and say, we're going to pay off the debt, I'm sure um, <laughs> 30, 40 years from now, okay. because you've got to make it through the baby boomers. Yeah. Look, um, 
just today's baseline, where we're at today, is about 112 to 120 trillion of borrowing in today's dollars mm-hmm. over the next 30 years, and that's all the financing of the shortfall in Medicare and Social Security. Uh-huh. It's demographics. We've gotten older as a population, and you saw the story last year had the lowest birth rates, the lowest population growth in U.S. history. Yeah. So we're now trying to recalculate what does that actually mean in future economic growth. And why this is important is the policies the Democrats are adopting are making poor people poor. Right. But they're also screwing up your retirement. Yep. They're screwing up my little girl's economic future. Yep. These are the things that make life miserable. Mm-hmm. And when you have those stresses, I think there's a human reaction to turn for comfort and that often means bigger government. David, you know, you you know this uh, for a lot of reasons. I know it from just driving around here. I'm seeing, you know, relatively high wages being offered for relatively uh, start start what we used to call maybe starting jobs. You know, you drive by Wendy's, you see a fifteen dollar an hour job uh, a, a job advertisement with bonuses uh, up to maybe three or five thousand bucks. A lot of companies are doing variations of that. You're you're familiar with this effort right now. Um, how much further can that go when we look at Joe Biden's budget that is increasing not only capital gains tax, but income taxes and, of course, the corporation tax? All, all of these things are going up. Remember, and, there was a – sorry. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna, no, no, you got you're it. You're asking, ask, yeah. actually asking a question that I need six hours on a whiteboard. Okay. And seriously, you're asking a huge question. First off, in the Biden budget proposal – the media once again avoided the 10,000-pound gorilla fact that the proposal also had this line that all the tax hikes that were in the Build Back Better will also be part of this budget. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. That's and my so, read. So yeah. Not only yeah. that, yeah. the headlines got, oh, we're going to do this um, unrealized capital gains tax. You know, um, your assets, we're gonna, we want to sweep part of that. We're going to do this corporate tax. We're going to do that. But remember, the Build Back Better had dozens of different types of taxes in mm-hmm. it. And the crazy thing, it also had huge subsidies for really rich people. Mm-hmm. It's one of the great cons that the left engages in, is let's tax rich people. And then they whisper out of their ears, but if you're one of my rich constituents, wink, wink, nod, nod, I'm going to subsidize you. Right. In the Build Back Better, you could make $800,000 a year. And the Democrat bill was going to give you $125,000 in direct tax credit if you bought the right solar panel, the right um, battery wall, and the right um, uh, electric car. Mm-hmm. So it, there's, a, there's this incredible financial scam of wink, wink, nod, nod, make the middle class think we're going after rich people, but then backdooring the money to those very rich people because they write the checks to the Democrats. David, God, please, uh, you guys retake Congress, um, maybe maybe the Senate also this November. You know, that 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 was a monumentally economic shifting for the better thing for the Clinton administration in 1994 forward. Right. I mean, I think it's fair to say some of some of what you guys did in the Gingrich Revolution tamed some of really, though. Go ahead. I was just okay. going to say, is that a rational possibility here? Take it anyway. I'm, sure, yeah. I'm not sure it completely is. Okay. Bill Clinton was a political animal. Yeah. And he was, his first two years, he, the, his administration were lefties. Mm-hmm. 
they got slaughtered in 1994, mm-hmm. and he went moderate. Remember his speech, you know, the end of big government, yep. things like that. Do you really think the current Democrat Party, which today makes Barack Obama look moderate, right, are willing to stand up and say, hey, um, you know, we're actually hurting poor people. Hey, we're making ourselves less prosperous. Hey, you know, maybe a lot of, you know, we set off inflation by thinking we could just give out handouts to people without thinking about making more stuff and being more productive as a society. I don't think the left has become so fringy that they would have to basically accept they've they've been worshiping to a false god. Interesting. And I'm not sure they're capable of doing that. Interesting, because Bill Clinton cared really about what the Americans thought because he cared about elections. Yeah, election results. Bill Clinton was all about um, survival. Yeah, and And these guys aren't. The left isn't, really, are they? I mean, it's really about power and force. I mean, you look at Disney. I can't imagine they're doing something popular right now. Go ahead. President in the state of his State of Union, you know, was trying to walk back from the defund the police. Right. Within... Minutes after his speech, oh, the Progressive Caucus was out there saying, "No, that's not where we are that's as right. Democrats." Yeah, right, You're right, You're right. And and I use that as my my symbol because they're in such fringy left wing congressional district. They're going to get reelected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now they're just being the minority, and they'll make a lot more noise. David, you're seeing a little bit, a little bit, I think, I'm going back a couple days in my in my memory here from something I read. I think you're seeing a little bit of it with the expansion of defense spending, too. You're seeing that left push on him in the middle of a war, you know, a, a, not a war we're directly in, but in the middle of a lot of potential wars we could be in and a big series of conflicts. They're pushing, the progressives are pushing back against some some uh, some defense increases, too, aren't they? Oh, I, um, uh, I want you to go a little deeper. Okay. Just because you're spending more money on defense doesn't mean the money is actually helping you have a military that's more lethal. Yeah, you have been a good military, on this. Go ahead. Remember, you have I been very good about, about this. this. Yeah, go ahead. We, yeah. If you get a politician who's going, you know, I raised the defense spending 6%, da, 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 that doesn't mean we we put that much more money into a more effective military. That's right. That's fair. A lot of the money that this administration wants to spend on defense is social programs you know um um get in touch with your feelings Mm -hmm. um gender identity Mm -hmm. you know they're they're going to spend you know money on things like that or money in weapons programs that have big union Mm -hmm. constituencies Mm -hmm. everything's Mm -hmm. about financing unions instead of doing the analysis saying do you put 13 billion dollars in a new aircraft carrier or do you do a fraction of that and build hypersonic drones, mm-hmm. what makes you more lethal yeah. and effective in a conflict? Yeah. And it, unless this group is unionized or this group is doing the right social policy, so you've got to be careful. If you judge military spending by the dollar amount, you're getting scammed. It's where the money is going. I, I, that's a that's a that's a great point, and uh, it was interesting to me that even e- even even given that, Bernie Sanders and AOC were complaining about the the, the, the that category in that silo. Yeah, yeah. Even but, given that point, David, can 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 you can you guys stop it in the minority or not really? Well, we can, but it's going to require being really tough. Uh-huh. And this is where everyone is listening. You got to understand what's coming. We're going to win the House. Mm-hmm. We might even take the Senate. Mm-hmm. The left is still going to control the White House. Mm-hmm. 
it means there's going to be those moments where we're going to pass a budget that hopefully has rational decisions. We're going to do some hopefully creative things in taxes to knock down inflation and get economic growth going, and the president's going to veto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then are we willing to say, well, screw you. Mm-hmm. We are not going to fund you and go into a government shutdown. Mm-hmm. Are we willing – the Founding Fathers gave the House of Representatives, and particularly the Ways and Means Committee, the power of the purse. Mm-hmm. Unless you're willing to use the power of the purse, you have no influence. But it means being tough, and it means that all hell's going to break loose. Your phone's going to blow up saying, why don't you just give in? I'm yeah. fearful I'm not going to get my check. Yeah. Or the government you know, is about to do a contract with my company. You've got to give in. We want the money. And so this is not only Congress being tough. We need the public that wants to save the country. We, we need you. You've got to be tough with us. Good. And those emails and phone calls do matter, right? They do matter, right? Well, it matters what they're saying. Yeah, good. Because when we did a couple of these shutdowns with Barack Obama trying to get leverage, the Democrats did a brilliant job of scaring a lot of the Republican base with fake stories. Oh, we're not going to pay the military. You know, and so your phone blew up saying, just give in. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I know you, you're sometimes you you take the advice sometimes that is very important and necessary. Not enough people understand. Sometimes it's important not to just do something, but to stand there. We're glad you're standing there, David. We really are. We really appreciate you. Know, you. Um, Thank you. There's it's a chance of good things, but for all of it's going to require all of us to toughen up. Good buddy. Thank you, David Schweiker. Godspeed to you until next week. Thank you very much. Bye, Dow. You betcha. I'm Seth Liebson. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We will be right back. Little Herman's Hermits there for you. Carol King wrote that song. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Anything on your mind you want to talk to? I had a whole bunch of people calling in on the Disney stuff, and they had to um, go away because of uh, guest interview. But uh, the hour is yours. If uh, you have thoughts on that and you want to call in, I gave a monologue on it earlier. Maybe we'll reprise it. But as long as I'm with the economy for a minute, uh, coming off the heels of that interview with uh, David Schweiker, it's a really interesting op-ed in Newsweek I want to share with you. I, I got I to get this guy on. His name is Daquan Bruce. And uh, I looked him up. I, had not, I was not familiar with him. Daquan is the executive director of Concerned Communities for America, an organization it says focused on facilitating, facilitate, yes, facilitating, to help if I could talk, facilitating political liberation and social transformation of communities of color across America. What's interesting about him, uh, is I was looking up his bio, having not heard of him, and uh, are you like me if you read an op-ed from someone you don't know or an essay or something? You, you kind of got to know their stuff, who they are, what, what makes them them, what makes them tick. I always do that when I stumble across something interesting and I don't know who they are. This guy started off as a Democrat. He started off working for Obama. I would love to talk to him about his journey. Let me tell you about his op-ed. The consumer price index rose by nearly 8% last month, the fastest rise in annual inflation in four decades, he writes. Prices are up across the board, with prices of fuel and food spiking particularly high, supply chains are falling apart, and store shelves are often emptying. To say that America's current economic prospects are bleak is an understatement. But this current state of economic hardship is hitting people of color even harder. Inflation is an invisible tax on 
poor people. And the percentage of black Americans in poverty is practically double their percentage of the total population. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, in 2019, black Americans represented 23.8% of the population living in poverty, while accounting for just about 13% of the population overall. And because inflation hurts the poor most of all, it is disproportionately hurting black and Latino families, as a report by the Bank of America released in November of last year found. Black, Hispanic, and Latino households spent 7.1% of their post-tax income on energy, compared to 54 spent by other demographics, and they spent 12.5% of their income on food, compared to 11% for everyone else. Since the Democratic Party assumed control of the White House in January 2021, inflation has skyrocketed far beyond where it was when the Bank of America report was issued. As of this week, the national gas price average stands well above $4, according to AAA, and the last month And last month, Americans suffered the largest rise in food prices since 1981. Interesting year, 1981. High food price moment coming right off of Jimmy Carter and going right into Ronald Reagan. All foods are being affected from fresh staples like eggs and milk to major name brand packaged goods. Companies that have announced price increases include Tyson Foods, Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, with each one blaming supply issues, excuse me, supply chain issues and labor shortages. This calamitous state of economic affairs is not, however, taking place in a vacuum. The simple fact is that the Democratic Party's reckless and economically devastating policies are driving up the prices of food and gas while simultaneously stifling economic growth that could create jobs for black Americans. The Consumer Price Index more than doubled since January, and while many would like the American public to believe that this sad state of affairs is the result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the truth is that the downward economic spiral began the very day Democrats took control of the White House, not when Putin's forces entered Ukraine. All available data show this clearly. Let me come back to you on this. This is an important op-ed. It's an important op-ed from someone I really want to get on the show, and I'll give it a shot for tomorrow or Friday. Stay with me. You're not going to want to miss the conclusion. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, brought to you in part by the good folks at Midas Gold Group. Gold has been used as money for thousands of years, and it still remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. What you want is an office that sells gold, an establishment that sells precious metals without pushy commercial commissioned salespeople. That's Midas Gold Group. Reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins. So you get what you want at the best value. Midas Gold Group is veteran-owned, proud supporters of the America First agenda, and obviously this show right here on 960 and you. They're fighting for your right to the financial freedom and privacy that gold and other precious metals offer. I have silver and gold from Midas Gold Group. So does Seb Gorka. So do thousands of you. Visit them in person at 625 West Deer Valley Road in Phoenix or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. 
I was walking through with you this op-ed in Newsweek by Daquan Bruce, someone I'm just learning a little bit about, and he's talking about the economy and the African-American or black community. Let me give you his conclusion after talking about how hard this current economy and inflation has been on the black community in America. He writes, thankfully, black voters are seeing through the veil of lies, such as it's the war in Russia and Ukraine that has caused our inflation. According to a CNN poll released last month, the percentage of black voters who approve of President Biden has plummeted by 25 percent. That's a huge number. We can only hope that as the economy continues to decline under the Democrats' woefully inadequate stewardship, his approval rating among the black community will decline further, too. The black community is finally waking up to the Democrats' war on our wallets. We know what life was like before President Biden took office, and we've seen how quickly it has deteriorated since. The simple fact is that America today, it is the Republicans who offer our community a brighter, more secure, and more prosperous future. We know this because we just experienced a Republican presidency that saw the lowest unemployment rate in the black and Hispanic community in history. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. By cutting taxes and regulations, the previous administration spurred an economic boom unlike any seen in our lifetimes. In 2016, GDP grew just 1.6%, but in 2017, it grew by almost double that and then an even healthier 3% in 2019. And yet, unlike many economic booms before, black Americans directly benefited from these. The economy grew in ways that mostly benefited low-income and middle-class households, categories that cover a disproportionate number of blacks, wrote Jason Riley, a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and the author of The Black Boom. Riley found that between 2017 and 2019, median household income grew by 15.4 percent among black Americans and only 11.5 percent among whites. For decades, the black community has been at the forefront of the fight to secure freedom, quality, and progress in America. It's time we fight to secure economic freedom, equality of opportunity, and the future prosperity of our community as well. If the black community at large continues to vote for politicians who willfully mishandle the economy, it will be voting for its own destruction. The Republicans are the party representing our economic interests. Decon Bruce from the Concerned Communities for America. I'm going to try and get him on. As I mentioned, I'm especially interested in his political journey. This is a man who worked for Barack Obama and now writes lines like the Republican Party is the party representing our economic interests. Was it just economics? Was it something else? You know, we seem to have lost the traction that and the momentum of bringing blacks back to the Republican Party. Back, yes, back. Used to be their party. Used to be their party for about 100 years. If you were a black American looking for help in the political realm, you voted Republican. That changed in the 60s. Nonetheless... I think we're on the precipice of getting it back again. We can talk more about that if you want. Anything else? 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. I 
I was on uh, a morning run the other day, and I didn't know this existed. Uh, shame on me, I suppose. I heard Doc Severinsen doing a version of that song, which uh, Bill is thinking I'll be soon getting the YouTube for that. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it, Bill. Don't worry about it. It's kind of uh, – welcome back to the, the show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. Their fruits and veggies, 16 whole fruits, 15 whole vegetables you get in just a daily dose of their vegetarian capsules. Those capsules are absolutely 100% vegetarian. You can open them up if you don't like swallowing them and sprinkle the food, uh, sprinkle it into some food or into some drink if you prefer not to swallow them. They're normal capsules. I swallow them. But it's 100% natural using vine ripened produce, third party tested for bacteria, pesticides, heavy metals, you name it, gluten free, no GMO. No added vitamins or other chemicals, just pure, potent plant power, all the good stuff to help you feel better, protect your health, maintain your health, boost your immunity. Take it every day. Have done so for three years, and it's kept me in fine fettle and then some for three years. Anyone using that expression, <laughs> promoting balance of nature? Balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies. Check them out, and if you... Uh, go to the discount code. Make sure to enter discount code BALANCE. Use the word BALANCE to get the best deal possible. Okay. I don't know how to begin this one. I suppose I'll just begin with the headline uh, in today's Washington Post. Here it is. Big Bold, Matt Visser, Tom Hamburger, Craig Timberg, three journalists inside Hunter Biden's multi-million dollar deals with a Chinese energy company. Subtitle. A Washington Post review confirms key details and offers new documentation of Biden family interactions with Chinese executives. Indeed, uh, the lead author, Matt Visser, tweeted out, quote, new thousands of emails purportedly from the laptop computer of Hunter Biden are authentic communications that can be verified through cryptographic signatures from technology companies. By the way, thousands of emails purported to come from the computer are authentic. I, Washington Post, useless people. But the right response to that little tweet came from Megan McCain, who wrote, I'm sorry, but the Daily Mail authenticated this story with a forensic specialist over a year ago. You guys don't get to pat yourselves on the back today because Biden is elected and his numbers are tanking, so it's safe to go into the water. This is why no one trusts corporate legacy media. Quite right. Uh, Megan, and uh, quite well said, um, you know, this is what the media was buying back in the day when it mattered, you know, right before the election, like in a presidential debate. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. My he has not made money. OK, bear with me. Let's go to Stephen Hayward. We've noted several times recently that Hunter Biden's corruption is getting more attention from the media, which makes you wonder whether Operation Remove Joe has commenced in earnest. Kind of an interesting question, isn't it? Why is the New York Times and the Washington Post? Why are the New York Times and the Washington Post going after the Biden family now? Well, first, it's safe because he's elected. But I wonder if Steve Hayward's on to something. Operation Remove Joe. Maybe that has commenced in earnest. First, there was the New York Times acknowledgement that the Hunter Biden laptop story was authentic after suppressing any mention of it for two years. Today, the Washington Post weighs in with a story about Hunter Biden's business deals overseas. Let's read a few excerpts. While many aspects of Hunter Biden's financial arrangement with CEFC China Energy, it's the 
China energy conglomerate he was doing business with, have been previously reported and were included in a Republican-led Senate report from 2020. A Washington Post review confirmed many of the key details and found additional documents showing Biden family interactions with Chinese executives. That is an odd sentence for the Post to write. While the Senate Republicans did this before the election, we're now just getting around to why would they even admit that against their own interests? Maybe they don't care. Maybe they know that we know that they know. Maybe we're all a very knowledgeable family here. Maybe we know that they know that we know that they know that they're in it for the Democrats. Yeah, that that's that's probably where it comes from. That's that's we're very. I know. You know, I know. I know, you know, I know. We know Henry knows, and Henry knows we know it. We're a knowledgeable family. Thank you, Bill. I forgot about that. Peter O'Toole, right, in A Man for All... No, who was it? In A Man for All Seasons. Yeah, it's Peter O'Toole. Over the course of 14 months, the Chinese energy conglomerate and its executives paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter Biden and his uncle, according to government records, court documents, and newly disclosed bank statements, as well as emails contained on a copy of a laptop hard drive, that once belonged to Hunter Biden. Now we can say this. Now we can. This was the, a sentence like that was caused to censor the paper that said it right before the election. It's not all the news that's fit to print. And it is true that democracy dies in darkness. And they created the darkness. And a little bit of democracy died with it. Maybe a lot. Maybe a lot died with it. They, the Washington Post, provided the darkness. All of this was reported by the New York Post. All of it. It was authenticated by second part, secondary and third parties. All of it. And the New York Times and the Washington Post and Twitter banned the story before the election. Insert, remember this. If you remember nothing else about this story, because I know the numbers and the details can get a little, a little hard to follow. If you remember nothing else, remember this. Poll was taken of voters in swing states. Over 9% of Biden voters said they would have changed their vote or not voted for Biden in six swing states. That would result in an election victory for Donald Trump. That plus 9% of voters in swing states who would have not voted for Joe Biden because of this story would have changed the election outcome. This is why... uh, What's his name? Who's the British guy that's been sitting in at Fox for a while? Piers Morgan. Yeah, thank you. Piers Morgan. Thank you. Piers Morgan said, you know, there's a lot of debate about whether Biden was elected because of interference, as Donald Trump says. And I don't agree with him, he said, about Trump on his reasons. But it's pretty clear there was interference that gave Biden the presidency. And it's this story. It's the media's doing the work of the Democratic Party, covering for him, covering for him. More to the back to the Washington Post. Over the course of 14 months, the Chinese energy conglomerate and its executives paid four point eight million dollars to entities controlled by Hunter Biden. Now, remember, Joe Biden in the debate said Hunter made no money off this. None. Zero. Maybe the Democrats still are playing off Nancy Pelosi's uh, playbook where these large numbers to people with Pelosi kind of wealth are just, what did she say about the Trump tax cuts? Crumbs. Crumbs. That's right. Maybe $4.8 million is the new crumbs given the inflation that Joe Biden has unleashed on us. The new documents, the Post said, which include a signed copy of a $1 million legal retainer, 
Emails related to the wire transfers transfers and $3.8 million in consulting fees that are confirmed in new bank records and agreements signed by Hunter Biden illustrate the ways in which his family profited from relationship built over Joe Biden's decades in public service. It's Washington Post now, folks. Again, all of this was known before the election. It just wasn't reported before the election. Well, that's not true. It was, and those who reported it were silenced by the entities now reporting it. More about this when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I'm giving you Steve Hayward. Well, actually, I'm giving you the Washington Post today. They're talking about Hunter Biden's records that they have now authenticated so they can now, I guess because, you know, until they authenticated, it was a story that had to be banned, though others had authenticated it. They're talking about these documents and uh, the numbers, the monies. My gosh, $4.8 million goes to Hunter Biden, and Joe Biden says he made no money off this deal. The contract, that's the Post, Washington Post, the contract signed on August 2nd, 2017, stated that Hunter Biden would get a one-time retainer of $500,000 and would then receive a monthly stipend of $100,000 with his uncle James getting $65,000 a month. This project, Hunter Biden discussed, never came to fruition. Okay, that's the Washington Post. Let me give you Steve Hayward. That last sentence ought to be enough to keep a red flag factory working triple shifts for a year. The Post reports that there is no smoking gun showing any of the money ended up in Joe Biden's pockets, but one wouldn't expect any easy traces of such transfers. Joe Biden may be dumb, but he's not stupid. Well, okay, he is stupid too, but you know what I mean. And while there may not be any direct evidence, there is this detail in the Post story. Let me read you the Post again. A few weeks after he went into business with CEFC executives in the fall of 2017, Hunter Biden requested changes to the fifth-floor office space he was renting at the House of Sweden, an airy building in Georgetown that is home to the Swedish Embassy and other offices. On September 1, 2017, Hunter Biden wrote to a building manager requesting new office signage to reflect a new family enterprise and a new business relationship, quote, the Biden Foundation and Hudson West, close quote. He also requested keys for his new office mates. Who were they? You have to give the company uh, that you're requesting keys to names, right? Like we do, Bill. We don't get the parking pass unless we give them our name and everything like that. We don't get keys, right? He also requested keys for his new office mates. Who would they be? His father, Joe, his mother, Jill, his uncle, James, and the Chinese executive, Gong Wen Dong. Yeah. That really ought to keep a red flag factory working triple shifts for a year. Will it? We'll stay on it. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. 